How did the Celtics beat the Cavs? Is this really all about location? Can LeBron regain his energy for Game 6? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash, well, I guess we call this the NBA conversation with me. I'm Coach Nick and this is Dave Dufour with me as always. Uh, a, a spirited game in the garden and again, it's like I want to just beat my head against the, the microphone here because I just don't understand how we can have Jekyll and Hyde on the road in, in, at home. It's It literally is a different team and have you can you remember... Another team that was exactly like this because I can't. I've I've never seen it. It's both teams. It's not just the Cavs, but Boston's the same way. I've never seen two teams look so different based on where they are. I mean, it is insane. And maybe this is just what it what it comes down to when you've got uh, this sort of parity between between teams. Like obviously, these are they're two really closely, you know, as far as matched teams uh you know being in a a seven game series and right now it's three to two right um maybe this is just what that looks like and we haven't seen that in forever but uh it's really weird it is really weird you know and and like okay we can get it they rely on the young players uh, on the the boston side at least although al horford i kind of wanted to check what his stats were in game four because i thought he's a little wimp in game four he just came out like a rookie and well uh, yeah rosier and brown were were not good Again, offensively, I mean, they were they were combined seven for thirty from the field and yeah. uh, three for fifteen from three. But but like he was in the game four, he was just like tentative and he's just kind of indecisive. At least in this game tonight, right? We for Al Horford, he he was more decisive and he tried to make plays that were going to help the team. Like it just felt that way, right? To some degree, better. Uh, and then certainly defensively as well. So here's the other question: Is you know the Cavs scored eighty three points? They looked terrible. Uh, offensively, uh, is it the defense? Was that? Did you feel like it was really the defensive pressure of the Celtics that were taking them out of their game? Yeah, I think that was part of it. But listen, this, my main question is: so Kyle Korver played 19 minutes in this game. He didn't play at all in the first quarter. Yeah. This is this is where every conversation about this game. So if you listen to any other podcast, they don't start here. They, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't pay attention. Right. But the truth is. That is, if the Cavs somehow lose this series, to me, you can point to that moment, that first quarter, as as the main reason. How come Ty Lue did not play Kyle Korver in the entire first quarter? Right. They're, He's been their second best player in the series. Boston uh, won the quarter 32-19. And, you know, I think what, it, it's a, there's a subtext here. When you're talking about why, why Kyle Korver is not in, right, we're really talking about why is J.R. Smith in, Right. <laughs> well, I mean, sort of. Um, I mean, it's like, how about Jeff Green? You know what I mean? Are, are you telling me that Kyle Korver hasn't been better than Jeff Green? Uh, right. Jeff Green Jeff Green played 26 minutes tonight. Now, Korver played 19, but a lot of them when the game was out of hand in the fourth already. Wait, I got so, Oh, you know what? I was looking at the right. You're right. He, he played under 20 minutes, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you can, I mean, by the way, you look at Jeff Green's numbers, and it's like, hey, okay, three for four, eight points, but he had the uh, one of the worst turnovers I've seen. Uh, I don't know. Did they, I wonder if they charged him with a turnover on that bad LeBron pass that hit him like in the shoulder and bounced away. I don't know, but either way, you're right, Kyle Korver. But even independent of that, Kyle Korver puts a lot more pressure on the defense, no matter what. Absolutely. So, th- and Boston has a hard. 
Yeah. Boston has a hard time keeping up with Kyle Korver. He's yeah. so active. Um, you know, there was one play tonight. He he missed a three, a contested three. Uh, Cleveland gets a rebound, and Korver has already run himself into being open, and, and he and he makes the next one. And, and so, you know, this is the sort of stuff that Kyle Korver does. That that it, it was going unsung, and maybe maybe that's part of the problem is they got too much attention in the last game. Um, but he's just been so huge for them in the series. It, w- it was just befuddling to me that he didn't play in the first quarter. It is. And now here's the thing, because I, 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 I got to try and put my, my uh, Ty Lue hat on for a second. Um, I have to imagine they're looking at like, you know, Tatum and Brown are out there and he'd have to guard one of those two. And they're like, ah, we don't like that. We don't want to deal with that kind of But he's injury. done it the last two games. Right. And he did get some blocks. He looked good in right. game four. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but, but listen, hey, don't don't yell at me, man. I'm not. I'm not I know I'm I look not, like Tyler. I'm worked up about this because I, yeah. I really do think, like, it was, I mean, I'm not going to call it criminal because that that's, you know, an over-exaggeration. But it, it's really bad. Like, unbelievable to me that, that Kyle Korver, who is, like I said, probably been the second best player for the Cavs. Didn't play the whole entire first quarter, and I'm not the only one to notice this, right? Like, I mean, all of Cavs Twitter, yeah, was on this. So it, there's something weird there. If that's not the first question asked tonight in the press conference, right? Someone's not doing their job. Yeah, and I and I, I already texted somebody who's going to be in the in the room for the Celtics side. Said, so ask Al Horford, what the hell, man? Why are you a 10, 12 year veteran? You know, also suddenly off and on on the road in the home either. You know, as well. Um, that's my that was my first burning question for the Celtics side. But yes, uh, it's really crazy what's going on here. And is your laundry done? Yeah, my laundry is finished. Yeah, I, someone in the chat brought up my laundry. Okay. Um, yeah, it. it I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of weird stuff in this uh, in this series, and it starts with the the kind of discrepancy between the home and road performances. I, I, and I've just never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's so weird. We have H Cantrell 10 asks, is, uh, is Marcus Morris the fourth or fifth best starter on the team? And I, I did tweet out, by the way, that if your name is Marcus, chances are I'm going to be frustrated with your offensive game <laughs> to some degree. Uh, and, and it starts with Marcus Morris without question. Although he did do okay. It's just when he, when he starts doing those ISO moves, like he is – you know, Kobe or something. It just drives me nuts, <laughs> right? Like that's sort of what yeah. he thinks he is. He he tried to who was who was switched out onto him. Uh, I think it was Kevin Love, and he tried to he tried to put him in the mixer and lost the ball out of bounds and just yeah yeah, yeah and it, was, blocked, it was not I think great. It was, anyway, he was five for thirteen with thirteen points. Uh, so you know that's not very good. And but the, by the way, the Celtics shot terrible. They were thirty six and a half percent from the field and thirty three percent from three on thirty nine attempts. So I guess you know we, we can't we'll be remiss if we don't go too if we go too far without talking about you know the star of the game, Jason Tatum, because this kid, man, he started out like you know. Definitely not like a rookie. The home cooking really helped him a lot. He was hitting shots, looking aggressive, you know, doing that mellow imitation, I suppose. Uh, you know? He's getting to the point where when he steps into a, a three, I expect it to go in. And, and I mean, when, when he gets a chance to really just step into it or take that little rhythm dribble, I expect him to hit every single one of those. And, and I'm amazed that we've got a rookie doing this in the conference final. It's, it's kind of incredible. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's great. It's really like incredible. It's just exciting. I like that story. I like watching a rookie get thrust into the the spotlight. I, I We had doubts, I think, you know, in the beginning of the year about him. 
and uh, and then he just just blossoms, develops. He's got a great coach, a great system. They know how to attack at least on the on, at home. Um, so yeah, he's going to be very key if they can get something out of him like they did tonight. Then they they win Game Six. I mean, we I think it's clear. We said it all, ten times already. The, the Celtics are a better team. The Cavs have the best player. But the Celtics have the better team. Uh, Absolutely. There's, an inter- there's a question real quick. Let's clear it up for um, C. McCombs. Anyone know if the Cavs win game six? Will they be back in Boston for game seven? Yes. It's a 2-2-1-1-1 format uh, f- throughout the whole uh, uh, playoffs now. And so they will be back in Boston. They have the better record in the in regular season. So, And by the way, that's just huge for them because game six shouldn't have as much pressure on the Celtics. Maybe that's what's going to loosen it up. Um, I cannot remember what happened in game six. Obviously, they lost it, right, against Milwaukee? Uh, yes, yes, they lost it. So, you know what? We have maybe a quick check to see what happened there. Do you remember if that was a close game or not? Yikes. I can't remember. It's like, it was like seven years ago. The, I the know. First round of the playoffs. So, Ugh. yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know that it matters. I, like, here's what I know. In this series, uh, they did not play well in Cleveland. Either game. Right. Can they, can they put one game together on the road? And, and I mean, you would think they could. But this is, I think, on the road is where they show how much they miss Kyrie Irving and his ability to create looks when the offense is sputtering. And, and, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, Terry Rozier hasn't had a good game now in three games. He's just not getting it done. I I don't know. How do you feel about starting Marcus Smart instead? Oh, uh, well, here's the thing. They, they changed the starting lineup and they put Baines in. And we, we, let's talk about Baines for one second because he is like a revelation for them. They go Absolutely. big. And, you know, it, when Baines switches out so, and they were doing their switching thing to get Rozier off of LeBron. And by the way, we had, we had to light the offense on fire by the, by the Cavs in a second. But, um, you know, Baines is big and, and mobile enough that LeBron isn't going to try and back him down. You know, Le- right. I, I don't know. I mean, this isn't the secret, right? LeBron hates contact he doesn't like initiate i don't i mean at least if it's a guy his size or bigger he doesn't like that at all so um he's not doing that now they did do some nice things they found love on a deep three and they found a cutter uh, before that so they were doing some things to adjust to that but clearly uh that's having an effect and he's protecting the rim and he's getting tip-ins and he's doing nice things so um the baines thing has been a thing so he'll start for sure right yeah oh well well so the Cavs went to our counter which was to go big uh you know, with game three. And then they they did that game three, game four, and they were successful. The Celtics now counter again, go go big themselves. I think the next step is for them to to have to start smart and say, you know what, we're gonna side with defense over theoretical offense. Because right now Terry Rozier isn't giving them that right. theoretical offense. One thing that might help Terry Rozier shoot better is having better vision. And if you have contact lenses that help you see better, then you must check out Simple Contacts. It's an incredible way to take a five-minute eye exam on your phone, upload the results so their doctors can review and write your prescription. Imagine how much time and money you save by avoiding the doctor's office. Their customer support is excellent and guarantees 100% satisfaction with updates on your orders as a text right to your phone. Simple Contacts offers all brands of lenses you're familiar with, especially if you're into multifocal lenses or different colors. While this isn't a replacement for your periodic full-eye health exam, it's the best way to order contact lenses. And best of all, act now and you'll save $30 off your first order if you use my code COACHNICK at checkout. 
Or just visit simplecontacts.com slash Coach Nick and you'll get our special b-ball breakdown discount and the convenience of better vision. You do risk, you know, uh, getting Terry Rozier in his head and losing confidence and yada yada. That's that's a that's a possibility because I don't. He's a young guy. We don't know how he's going to react to that. Um, that's true. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going to mess with too much. I think that's the other problem is you kind of start to tinker and you get kind of concerned and you know a little bit you go overboard. Um, but interesting, maybe uh, or certainly maybe a shorter leash and get Marcus Morris sure. in more, more quickly. Uh, I mean, Marcus but the two Smart. played. I mean, Marcus Smart. Uh, oh yeah, Smart only played twenty three minutes. Um, so that's the, you're right. He should be playing more anyway. Although actually, he went five for nine. In my mind's eye, he was worse than that. But um, he did shoot well from the three point land and stuff. So he's he is that guy. So interesting, but I don't think it's going to happen. But they might do that. So uh, should we turn to some questions here and see if there's any good comments that we can react to? Yeah, let's do it. How fat is Danny Ainge? She's not that fat. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> if there is a game seven with Celtics, oh, we already asked that one. Let's see here. Horford could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone, and he wouldn't get called for the foul. Okay, let's talk about the fouls for a second, shall we? Shall we? Sure. I don't um, know, man. I've stopped paying attention. Fair uh, enough. Like, but I want you to know, I had both set of fans screaming bloody murder in, in my timeline. <laughs> they both felt like they should have been getting I know. calls. I, it's every game. Yeah. It's every game. And the truth is the refs miss calls and they always have, and they always will because they're human beings. And and unless it's egregious, like for instance, Kevin Love's first two fouls were both bad calls, especially that second one. And then, and now that changes the complexity of the game. And now the Cavs were already on their way to losing the quarter, but Ty then sat him on the bench forever. Yeah. Again, this letting the fouls dictate your rotations thing, like we all should know better by now. You, right. And we saw that with, with Curry as well in that crucial second quarter last night uh, as well. So, and, and by the way, we talked about that. Curry ended up with three fouls. He had three and then he didn't get any more. So, Kevin uh, Love wound up with two. Go figure. Now, because Kevin Love's interesting. I, you know, he's a bigger guy, maybe a little bit slow. You get worried that he's going to get wrapped up down there and get, you know, some cheap fouls. But uh, interesting that he didn't do that. Now, was Kevin Love playing a lot less aggressive then, and that's why he didn't get him, and it hurt the team overall because of that? I didn't I, I think so. Yeah. I actually think he did a really good job protecting the rim. He had a couple blocks down there. I mean, yeah, right at did. the basket. So he was really aggressive. I, I just think that, again, man, this is this is classic overcoaching right. to me. Yeah, and they're not getting anything from anybody else, really. And I, I took a lot of crap, by the way, from my – I did a video. I, I didn't have a lot of time, so I kind of had to do a quick thing focusing on LeBron. And I said that, you know, LeBron was the only guy to show up in game four. And I, I got a lot of people really upset at me. But I was like, all right, so Kyle Korver, you know, he played okay. And he did some nice defensive things and stuff. But, you know, and then, you know, Tristan Thompson was Tristan Thompson. But you look at this game in game five. I mean, other than Kevin Love, who didn't get enough shots either, uh, and probably because of the foul trouble in the sitting, you know, look, they, they got, you know, very little from everybody. Yeah. Now, Jordan Clarkson woke up a little bit. Right. But it was one of those uh, things where, well, you know what? It's, it's that guy where he makes a couple shots and you're like, oh, no, that means he's going to shoot more. Absolutely. Like his, <laughs> and it's poor decision making starts to show up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the trick. I mean, you know, someone someone asked us, what was it, a couple nights ago, if the Isaiah Thomas for Nance and Clarkson trade was a mistake in hindsight. And I, no, I mean, you, you know, like <laughs> – it's still a couple of younger legs, which this team needed. And, and, you know, they need a guy like Clarkson in theory, at least. And he mm-hmm. played well at, in stretches during the regular season, but no, I, th- I still think it was the right call. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we already, we talked about that. Isaiah Thomas needed to go. Yeah. 
You know, when you for, start yelling at a guy, yeah, when you start yelling at the guy who's got you know anxiety issues, um, it's you know you, it's hard to repair that locker room. I would say, how fatigued would you say, brother Walton asks, how fatigued would you say LeBron is, and how do you involve him in the action in the next two games? Um, great question. And again, we've been saying he's looked exhausted for a long time now, and yet he'll reel off an amazing block and then a score and whatever. So it almost doesn't matter. But uh, this was the first game, right, where we really saw him disjointed. Now, when he came back in in the fourth quarter, to, they, they didn't play him in the beginning of the fourth, which they would have normally done with that score. And he did not look like he wanted to you know, attack the basket at all. It was very strange. And I'm trying to think, he was, he was aggressive in the first three quarters, right? Uh, I mean, not really. He looked out of it. Honestly, he looked really tired. And, and, you know, it was one of these things where I think I was in the third quarter, maybe like three and a half minutes ago, and I was just feeling like they should pull him for the rest of the quarter. And then let's see what, what the rest of the guys can give you. And if they can get it close, well, then you get him back in there in the fourth. But otherwise, you just sit him. Because he really does – he just looks beat. And, and at this point in the season, remember, he played all 82 games. He's played – uh, I think he averaged like what forty minutes a game during regular season. He's playing yeah. forty four to forty six minutes a night in the playoffs. It is just absolutely insane. Yeah. The, and the, they're hard oh, minutes. They're taxing minutes. Everywhere he goes, he's got at least one guy on him and a guy behind that guy waiting for him. Uh, which, by the way, you know, kind of makes you wonder. Like this, this also reflects very poorly on Toronto. I hate to say it, but it does. You know what I mean? When you watch the game plan, how they're defending him, how they're playing him, and you see what Toronto did. You know, it's like, and, and Toronto has, you know, similar athletes they could have used to do this. I, I you know, right? Yeah, yeah, so. they do. I mean, yeah, it is. It, it definitely is not looking great in hindsight. Right. Eric three bang. Eric for three bang. I think it's Eric for three bang. <laughs> is Jason Tatum better than Hayward already? I mean, come on, have we already forgotten that Hayward's an all star? Yeah, I think again, man, he's been out all year. That's long enough for people to forget. And right. you know. I, I, this team is – I was saying this, uh, I think, last night. I don't see how Boston isn't the favorite to come out of the East next year. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They, they are looking loaded. Loaded. Yeah. I mean, in fact, it's going to be a real challenge to deal with bringing back Hayward and um, Kyrie. You know what I mean? It's going to be really hard to figure that out because they've already got this stuff. Now, you know, Rozier, like we said the other night, this will be good for Rozier, I think, because, you know, I think he's or I don't know if I said that with you, but either way, uh, the, the notion that he, he I think he's going to realize, you know what, I'm good and I've proven that I could play this level, but I'm, I don't think I'm starter good on a, on a deep uh, playoff team yet. So let's right. get Kyrie in here. Let me get some more experience. Let me see that. You know, Kyrie might get injured again. We never know. So he'll get another shot either way. So I'm thinking that it might not be a big issue with Rozier to kind of be like, hey, I, I, I you know, I, I do need a little extra seasoning either, either way. So that won't be a yeah. problem. Now, and then you have, what do you have? You have Kyrie, Brown, Tatum, Horford. Hayward. Hayward. Marcus Morris. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the starting five. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, my assumption it would be Kyrie, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, Horford. Horford. And, and then, you know, they got to re-sign Marcus Smart. they got to figure that out. Um, they Baines. really need to bring back Baines because he's been really great for them. Yeah. Yeah. Rozier. That, that you you can run with that eight. And then, you know, Morris is nine. If you get, you know, that you can run with yeah. that, you know. And, and we're missing and then, somebody else. Well, I mean, and they've got guys like Semi Ojale and Yabuselli. Right. And, you yeah. know, I mean, it's... They're just yeah. loaded. They're yeah. loaded. 
they're, yeah, they're very well balanced. They have a lot of good players. So yeah, and they'll have they'll have all year hopefully being healthy to kind of develop. You know, uh, you're gonna, you're not gonna it's not gonna be like Dwayne Wade, LeBron in Miami first year. Right. But you're gonna have some tug of war. I, I would imagine there. Now again, a guy like Gordon Hayward is complimentary too, so he could blend in. And then Kyrie, uh, Kyrie is gonna be you know the man. I'd imagine. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Um, did you see Steve Kerr's post game four comments? Sounds like ISO ball wins. Oh, did I see that? I, I think he acknowledged that, like, yeah, they were ISOing too. And I, we showed that in the breakdowns. Um, that's from Chrono Shifter. Uh, yeah, the, it, it's, it's a really troubling thing. I'm doing the breakdown right now. I'm going to finish it right away, right after I record this, uh, the breakdown from last night's game. And, um, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really troubled by this whole ISO versus team ball thing that we're we're moving towards. Now I get it. In the playoffs, you want to isolate the worst defender and attack that, but you need to be able to have your offense flow into that, don't you? Uh, I mean, you would hope. I, I do think the way the Rockets were were doing it uh, in the game last night was was actually the right way, where it's. It's isoing into a driving kick. So when when that help comes, you're finding the open man. And this is what the, the Warriors weren't really doing. They were settling for a lot of contested shots. And, and you know, give the Rockets defense credit for not switching everything. And, and I think that that's, you know, not switching is the new switching, right? Like picking your spots to when to switch is is the way that teams should be switching. Like it, it, we, we're starting to see the correction where the Warriors get away with switching everything because of, you know, the fact that they, they have like four amazing defenders on the court at any time. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think that what the Rockets did yesterday was a pretty good blueprint offensively for how you can attack that and, and still ISO, but still have like a, a team element to what you're doing. Uh, I agree. And also what they need to do is, and they, and you can see Steph Curry trying to get it to happen. It's not always working. And maybe they just need to, to practice more is getting Curry off of whoever is going to guard uh, screen for Harden. And we, there was a, one moment, and I think I'm going to show this in the video where he like switches three times in a row. Cause all th- three guys are going to train. We're going to go up to screen for Harden and it kind of foils. It. it takes a little extra time off the clock. And then if they actually do have to switch uh, Curry onto him, you know, if there's less than eight seconds to go, that that's a little bit easier for them to manage. So, uh, uh, they need to figure something out there just because um, it isn't great. Now, I, I don't know if you saw, I did tweet out the number of possessions that Curry got scored on. So of the when he was out there, they scored on, I want to say, I got to look at the, the, tw- the tweet again, but it's something like 30 possessions. And he, he gave up uh, points in five of those possessions for 12 points. That's not crazy. It's like 18% no. of the possessions. Yeah. It's probably about, you know, if you think there's five players out there, you know, it's about what it should be. And yet the narrative, right, is that he's getting roasted every single time. So what do you right. make of that? I, you know, I don't think he is. No, I mean, look, man, your, your job as a defender is to force the guy into the toughest shot possible, right? right. Like you, you're at a natural disadvantage as a, as a defensive player, right? Every offensive player with any sort of skill has an advantage, right? That's just, that's the nature of basketball. So, um, you know, this is why, like, I think people – watched Kevon Looney play defense and James Harden in that first game, you know, of the series was like four of six. And they were like, Oh, well, Looney obviously can't guard him. And I was like, well, you, so you didn't watch. You just looked at the numbers. Right. Uh, when you watch him, he was forcing him to help. He was doing his job. He was staying in front of him, forcing him into, you know, f- uh, contested floaters and fadeaways and, and Harden was hitting tough shots. That's your job as a defender. And so as long as you're doing that, who cares? Right. Like, I mean, it, it, guys are going to hit shots at a, at a at a rate that, you know, 
right. as long as it's not you're not giving up 70% all the time, then then there might be a problem, right? Like maybe there's a length issue or right. whatever. But you know, I, I think that it's a it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what good defense actually looks like, especially right. on a perimeter. At the rim, we know you make the guy miss or you block the shot, okay, or you adjust the shot, you know, make him change the, the shot. Okay, yeah. we can see that. But on the wing, I think people just don't understand what they're looking for. Right. And I also it's kind of, it's it vaguely reminds me of like when we used to ask, you know, uh, high school players, how much of the clock time do you think you actually have the ball in your hands? And I they'd always say I don't know like 10 minutes, 9 minutes or whatever. I'm like, are you crazy? The game is 32 minutes. Each team's got it for only 16 roughly, right? Now there's five players, so you you might have if only five players played, you might have it for like two, right? And so right. I feel like it's the same thing when they see Curry get scored on a few times and it's like, oh, he's getting scored on every time, and it's it's you know it's twenty five points a game he's giving up, and it's not even right. close. Then, so he gives up the twelve points, he scores twenty seven, and now you're like, yeah, great, that's exactly what you need from him to win. And so, uh, and if they hadn't done a couple of really dumb things down the stretch, they would have won that game, and we would have been talking about Chris Paul, you know, not being able to get to the, the finals, and we would have been talking about D'Antoni's offense can't win, you know, that whole thing. So it's amazing how a couple bounces here or there do that to you. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Is any, anybody asking good questions here? Do you see anything? Nope. No? Are you looking? Yeah, I've been watching the whole time. Oh, is J.R. Smith a starting uh, NBA guard? I saw that somewhere from wherever you guys were. Uh, you know, I, I never thought he was. That was from Sean Day's Josh one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that he should be starting in the conference finals, but who are they going to start over him? You know? He's got a ring, so, yeah. you know. But – Yes, I don't think he ever. I, I would never want that guy to rely on that guy. You know, he's just too over all over the place. Um, so yeah, so I don't think he. I, I just don't think he is. And you know, through the power of LeBron, he 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 won a ring. But uh, I think that we're seeing the the long the macro sense of how it doesn't really work. Uh, Jason Ragland asks if Houston loses the series, isn't that the logical choice for LeBron if not a LA Lakers super team? Um, yeah, can Houston even pull that off? Uh, they would have to. They would have to do some some funky stuff to make it happen. But Daryl Morey can make anything happen. This is this is what I've learned. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the, okay. <laughs> uh, no follow up there. Yes, he, he could, and they'd have to gut the whole team though, and they'll have to get some of those guys to take like the, the veteran minimums and yada yada. But if you have James Harden, Chris Paul, and LeBron James in the same team, you know, I, I don't know. Does that does that does that cover all the bases? Probably. Yeah, but does that does that how Capella? much does that move the needle? Yeah, I mean, but can they keep Capella? Right, Capella is yeah. going to get he's going to probably be the number one center this summer, I would guess. Uh, not yeah, that I don't not that available. the center market's great, but right, yeah, okay. Well, why did the Cavs abandon that LeBron ISO on Rozier, the top of the key? Ah, someone's been watching my uh, videos or the, reading the tweets. I, I, we talked about this for a long time because we didn't get about the. I want to talk about the Cavs' offense. Uh, I, I, what happens out there? Why do they abandon with the things that work? It's weird, right? Like it just happens for long stretches where they just don't seem to know how they want to get these shots, and that's ex- exactly why I think the role players really struggle too, is because there isn't any rhythm or any sense of like uh, continuity or flow. What can you, do? You have an explanation for that, or do, are you noticing I, that? I, yeah, I have no idea why they why they do. It. I mean, their elbow actions generate really good offense and they seem to abandon that for large stretches and i have not figured it out so um you know it's it's weird i don't know 
I, and I, by the way, and on the flip side, uh, the, the Celtics got a lot of great stuff out of Horns. And right. they, they were getting, uh, you know, high post entry and then some action and some movement, which they probably went to that more just because they knew they were so stagnant in the game before. Uh, and they better remember that in game six on the road because they, they're going to need handoffs. They're going to need just a basic structure to get them into some more flow and movement. Because once they get the Cavaliers defense moving a little bit, they get seams, they can get some shots. Um, what, uh, Chrono, Chrono Shifter asks, do you teach players to run to the ref's face if they don't call a timeout? Great example, like with how Draymond Green, and people wanted to blame the refs for not calling a timeout. Draymond Green was at a midcourt. The play was happening in the corner. That was the final shot with only five seconds to go. You have to go over to the ref, tap him on the shoulder, do whatever you got to right. do to signal the timeout. It's not the ref's uh, you know, thing to be able to scan the entire floor 180 degrees and see everything. Yeah. So do you teach um, that? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you talk about it, right? I, I do. I talk about making sure the ref can see the time. Right. Like, I mean, you can't just lean over on top of the ball trying to call a timeout. And I've seen players do that, especially, you know, lower levels where you may only have two referees. Um, yeah. the, the timeout has to be visible and audible. And I mean, other players on the court, you know, everybody's got to be calling timeout. If it's that if it's that crucial. Right. If one guy starts calling timeout, everyone's calling timeout. Cool. Yes, Ooh. as I'm almost about to spill my water. Um, yeah. Don't drink Including and type and everything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and great Kerr point. not calling a timeout. I mean, you don't think it was a mistake. I mean, we talked about this last night, so I don't want to sit here and rehash it. But I thought that when, when KD had the ball and sort of hesitated pushing it, that was the time to call the timeout. Not not even when Clay got stuck. That one's the obvious one. But right. for me, it was when KD hesitated to push the ball up court in the backcourt. It's like 11 seconds left or something like that. That would have been the ideal time. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, because by the way, interestingly enough, yeah, if they called it when where Clay had it, then they're inbounding in a bit of a weird spot. Um, Absolutely, and that's that's another interesting uh, dilemma, or or not. But either way, so it was all it was a foobar, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. What wasn't Calderon surprisingly good for the Cavs? Why not try him out? So like, you could get Calderon in there instead of like J.R. Smith minutes. Give him ten minutes. I'm all for Maybe. it, man. You got to try something. You I mean, know. I you know, they they're backs against the wall now. And this is this is an interesting position to see a LeBron James team in, um, but I mean it just feels like they're just going to go back to Cleveland and anything we said tonight doesn't matter. And this has been one of the most frustrating playoffs for that because uh, this Cavs team has been up and down, and, and you know in this series in particular, both teams going back and forth. It's we get a garbage game and a good game, and and it's so. It's really hard to do analysis when the right. disparity looks like this because Cleveland's going to go home. They're going to run all their good stuff. Everybody's going to hit shots, and, and somehow Boston's not going to be able to score. Right. And then we're going to be like, well, remember we said a couple games ago. <laughs> it, it's This is the weirdest series I can remember. Oh, I know. Again, and, and it's going back to this notion of like the home and away thing and that, that, that uh, Jekyll and Hyde. So we'll have to see, but I'm excited. Uh, we got Friday night game, uh, game six in Cleveland. Um, I mean, damn, I want to go to that game, but uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, and then we have tomorrow game uh, five, a big game. That that one will probably decide the series, and it's going to be in Houston, so that's going to be rough for the Warriors. Um, your your call still stands. Warriors going to win the, that series. So okay, uh, I, I still think that they're the better team, but if they're going to play like they played last night, especially in the fourth quarter. Where they where they really did like they were initiating their offense thirty feet from the basket with yeah. with KD um, they they really kind of abandoned the high pick and roll uh, I, I really don't I, I don't know what it's going to take to see some Steph Curry KD pick and roll which 
we know is is kryptonite to every other team's defense. Yeah. Um, so until we can see that, I, like again, <laughs> you you almost have to throw out anything that you believe because they're just not doing the things that they're good at. Um, meanwhile, Houston did a great job of forcing uh, Golden State a, away from stuff that they wanted, taking advantage of of uh, you know their kind of lackadaisical defensive effort. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being able to score. I mean, this is what they brought Chris Paul in for. James Harden was great in the second quarter and was not good in the second half. Chris Paul picked up the slack and had his best half of the series. So, it's I don't know. It's going to be tough for them to go to Houston and win game five. But I, I think that the game five winner probably winds up winning the series. And it's kind of crazy to say that. Yeah, no, it's not crazy. I think that that's going to be it. And I think that that's why you got to be worried if you're a Warriors fan because it's in Houston and that's when they're going to play well. They're going to get their role players playing pretty well. So we'll have to see. But uh, either way, I I'd still feel like you know the, the Celtics are going to win their series. They, they have the Game 7 at home. I know you can't bet against LeBron in the Game 7, but um, it's just there's more evidence in my mind that the Celtics are better and that if they're at home, they can win those games. Um, but I, I'm thinking that they're going to lose in Cleveland and come back for Game 7, right? It, it feels like it. It feels like they're just going to keep trading these home wins. Right. So that means they'll come back for Sunday game seven. Uh, and then we'll be, we'll be at it right after that game. That's right. All right, cool. Well, great show, everybody. Great questions in the comments. Uh, we'll get this up as a podcast pretty quickly. And uh, stay tuned. I'm going to finish this damn game four breakdown from last night as I'm so busy running around today. Uh, so don't miss that. And uh, anything else, Dave? Uh, n- no. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. All right, you're just wandering around uh, the streets of San Antonio. Okay, I, I got a, I got an answer from Ty Lue, by the way. Okay. Uh, Ty Lue says that the Celtics threw the Cavs for a loop by not playing Semi Ojale. Lue says he didn't play Kyle Korver during the first because Ojale, who's Korver's matchup, didn't check in. That, that makes absolutely no sense. Nope. Now, let me say this. The one guy that's doing really well against Corver is Brown. He, he, he's long, he's quick, he gets around those screens. He goes under the screen and he still challenges. So I can see why they don't want to put him in with Brown out there. And I guess that's sort of the Ojale connection, right? Like Ojale comes in, Brown goes out. But um, uh, yeah, that's weird. That's just, that's, over, that's overthinking it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why does Ojale get any kind of you know, credit for that? That seems weird. That you makes know. no sense. Yeah. No, so. no sense whatsoever. Okay. Anyway, well, good stuff. Wow. We'll end that. <laughs> Let's, we'll end on, on that note, but uh, great stuff. We'll be right back here again after the, uh, tomorrow's game, I guess. Right, Dave? Yeah, yes, we will. All right, cool. Well, thank you all for joining us. Great show. Dave, we'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. You win, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>